Previously on Adventure They Wrote. He jerks his thumb at the man on the steps next to him. And he says, courtesy of Croc, this guy's your problem now. Uh, my name's Ledger, like the book. Max and the Waterdeep Detective Agency. The man accompanying this letter is named Ledger. He might not look like much, but he's caused me quite a headache in the last few days. He's good at keeping the books. Also, believe it or not, he can hold his own if things get rough. Stay out of trouble. Croc. We are in the middle of an investigation, and uh, we need to figure out where we're going to go first. Celine wants to go into the area where the burglary happened by Pananas and just check the local businesses that, like, places that I've worked before and see if there's anybody that has seen anything or noticed the super strange exit that had no trace evidence. Well, I should like to pay a visit to Lady Antellus. Perhaps not at her manor, but somewhere out and about in her natural habitat and um, have a little chit-chat with her. They call it the City of Splendors. Crown of the North. Yeah, I suppose some might find the city endearing, or even glamorous, but it's certainly more than meets the eye. What you might not know is there's a darker side, a scarier side, an unpredictable side. Kinda like me, or, you know, the Countess. Yeah, to some it might be the City of Splendors, but to everyone else, it's just Waterdeep. Countess, you are looking to find the Lady Antellus, the the young woman who had her perfume stolen. Celine, you are interested in in what the folks on the street may have to say about this. So uh, you two will head to a bar or a tavern or almost like a restaurant in the North Ward that the Countess knows is often frequented by young noble ladies of the court. Uh, and on the way there, um, Celine, you'll sort of activate your network of former nefarious colleagues. There's got to be a shorter word for that. But your, your, your illicit companions, the people that you used to be not nice with. And... Um, this is a situation where they're going to, you know, kind of ask around and find out who knows what. And then um, later on in the game, you'll get sort of like a, a note or a letter or something delivered to the agency that will kind of fill you in on what people saw. So while Max, Doran, and Ledger go check out this wizardry, wizardly security, um, you guys will, will go do this. So we will have you head to the Grinning Lion Inn, which is a tavern in the North Ward that young nobles tend to hang out at. And Talia, how do you want to phrase the question that you're asking your um, contacts? I think Celine would have some kind of language that she would use that would be familiar and it's a little bit obscured so people don't know exactly what she's implying if she's saying it in public like thieves can't type of thing a little bit yeah it's probably still like it's obvious that she's up to something but not 
necessarily easy to discern what she's doing. So like talking shop, like yeah. some work was done on this street and I'm interested mm-hmm. in, you're like alluding to what happened. You're not saying outright. Exactly. Someone stole some stuff and I want to know who stole it. Yeah. Kind of like when she was asking for the special when she went into mm. the um, Jade Dancer. Like, they'll, they'll understand. Yeah. You're speaking the language. Yes. Okay, so you do that, and then you make your way to um, the Grinning Lion Inn, uh, which is richly appointed. Uh, this inn, when you walk in, it is it is as far away from the Jade Dancer as the Jade Dancer is from the Scupper Den. <laughs> this is uh, it, this is that room, that little bar that we walked into, the sitting area in that hotel in Seattle. What was that called, Sam? The Arctic Club. The Arctic Club. Yeah, uh, it is, it's all like old mahogany wood and and richly appointed, um, you know, uh, what are they, what's the fancy word for couch? Divan? (laughs) No one calls these couches their divans. You know, nice comfortable chairs that are... Loungers. Yes, yeah. Um, it, it's not rowdy at all. There's just sort of this low murmur of polite conversation and sort of like tinking glasses and silverware as people sort of eat little cucumber, whatever the Faerunian equivalent of a cucumber sandwich is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little sad that uh, Team Small is not there for this because I imagine it would be like the French restaurant in the Blues Brothers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they would just really make a scene. <laughs> we'll bring them back later. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Countess is quite relieved yes. that she's in here. <laughs> Too many to um, wrangle. <laughs> yeah, there definitely would be. It would be like, a, like taking a kid into a Lego store. They would just disappear in every direction. Uh, everyone is is drinking tea or like fancy little cocktails. There's no mead or ale uh, or anything like that. Everything is very nice, and it it is in fitting with the sort of lavish lifestyle that people in the North Ward live. Uh, I will say that as you enter, the Countess, uh, you get you know a very normal sort of like polite head tilt, and then as Celine kind of comes in behind you, there's this shocked sort of almost like a moment of recognition. Like you are now the noble with the tiefling <laughs> companion. <laughs> and sort of you see kind of a ripple of recognition pass through the people that are gathered in this room and very sort of discreet little glances over in your direction and the tone and, and tenor of the conversation just dips ever so slightly as everyone sort of whispers like, that's her, that's the, the countess. And her, her tiefling friend. So hot right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> the trend. Um, they do not bar your entry. They they uh, very quickly bring you over to a nice little seat with a, a small little table between two very comfortable chairs that you may, you know, sort of sit there and enjoy your time. Fletch, is it like when... As far as, like, music and kind of atmosphere, is it kind of more of, like, smooth jazz or blues, or is it 
something fancier, more classical? It's a little classical, but also a little upbeat. Okay. Um, it, it's you know that it's not a it's not an ultra swanky place. It's not. This is a place for young nobles, but with an emphasis on the noble, right? Mm-hmm. Like adventure-seeking young nobles will go to nicer bars like the Jade Dancer and that sort of thing. These are nobles comfortable being nobles, but they also want to, you know, unwind a little bit. And so the music is like a little bit more classical, but also kind of upbeat. Has the Countess been here before? Yeah, you definitely would have uh, been here um, a handful of times. Um, This may have been sort of the place that you would go before you started this kind of adventuring lifestyle and, and, you know, having a lot more fun and looking for kind of more excitement and that sort of thing. This is more the entryway into that. Uh, it's not the, the ultra classy places that you perhaps would have started. Um, All right. But you definitely would have been here a handful of times. Uh, she'll flag down uh, a server. And, and while she's doing that, she's going to scan around. Uh, I guess she doesn't know what Lady Antellus looks like yet, though, does she? That's correct. Uh, you okay. you would have heard the name. It's a, a moderate family in Waterdeep. Um, a family that you would have been aware of, but not so high up that they would have been at, you know, state functions or, you know, that sort of thing. So, sure. Um, your status is just a little bit higher than theirs, and as a result, you haven't exactly seen them at any of your social functions. So I think she, uh, the Countess will flag over a, a server um, and, and place an order of, um, of tea and, um, well, a, f- a full setting of tea. So tea, the biscuits, the, the whole like three-tiered um, sandwich and, and sweets. So um, uh, the waiter comes over and he is related to the butlers and perfume salespeople that you've encountered already. Uh, and he's, he's wearing a very like crisp black suit and he has a, a white apron, pristine white apron pressed over, uh, you know, kind of hanging down in front of his lap. And he comes over and with a slight bow, he says, yes, my lady countess, Miss Star." Oh, he knows Celine, the Countess. Uh, she she kind of um, has flicked out a fan because um, she noticed all the all the people talking about her, and she's just like trying to hide the smug smile behind the fan. <laughs> yes, yes. And then when she composes herself, uh, she'll she'll place her order. Yes, we would of course like a, a tea setting, and f- for for myself and and my companion here, Celine, Miss Star, as it were. And um, I don't suppose you could let me know if um, if the Lady Antellus has been around these parts yet. Uh, the bartender, or the, I'm sorry, the waiter gives you a very polite nod and a very polite nod to uh, Celine. He, there's no derision. There's no, like, he, he is the height of professionalism. <laughs> and Celine nods back. Yeah. He's being good. <laughs> he might have got the download from the perfume guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so get close to her tail. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he, yeah, he gives a very polite nod, and he says, Of course, my lady, tea will be served momentarily. Also, if it pleases you, the Lady Antellus is currently seated by the fireplace. 
and he uh, sort of indicates with one hand without pointing, because pointing would be... Absolutely gauche. Extraordinarily <laughs> rude. Uh, but with one hand, he very politely uh, indicates a table of... Um, sort of young, noble women that are actually kind of... Some of them seem to be sort of like riding the edge of what would be acceptable. They're just get, they're getting just a little bit too rowdy. They're getting just a little bit too noisy. And you see them actually starting to get more of those sort of questioning and, and derisive looks uh, that uh, Celine may have otherwise received. Celine is going to also ask him, Sir, could we... Um Send a round of drinks over there, courtesy of us, of course. He says, he inclines his head, and he says, If it pleases you, my lady, uh, perhaps they have already consumed enough. Ah, yes. Well, maybe something to sober them up, then. Perhaps some tea and, um, and biscuits to soak up what they've already um, imbibed. He says, of course, my ladies, right away. And he rushes off to go prepare your orders and and deliver the uh, appropriate drinks and snacks. I think the Countess is going to observe them from afar for just a moment. How many ladies are there and what are they? Is she able to determine what they're talking about? Um, There are five of them. Uh, and they are all, they range in, they, they appear to be um, perhaps in their mid to late 20s. And they're doing that thing that sometimes excited women of that age do, where they're all talking very quickly at a very high <laughs> And, and it's it's a little bit difficult to decipher exactly what it is they're saying. So I'd like you to make uh, a perception check to see if you can pull out um, key indicators. Uh, that is an 11 in my brand new beautiful box that uh, Sam's partner made for me. <laughs> <laughs> can Celine also roll? Yeah, absolutely. 12, so... Right around the same. So you're getting you're you're getting um, like very excited words and very you know sort of extreme bombastic, uh, and they they seem to be talking about a, a young noble man, but you're not getting a name. When the server comes back, I think the countess will sort of fan herself and and just sort of sigh at him. Oh, young love, it's uh, it's quite the thing, isn't it? Who, who are they on about? Uh, he gives you sort of like a very knowing smile. Uh, as he inclines his head, he, he places the tray of um, the, the serving tray that has the tea and the little sandwiches and all that. And he says, uh, yes, of course, my lady. Uh, they seem to be discussing the young Lord Asper, uh, who has thus far refused... Uh, to acknowledge Lady Antalus's overtures. Oh my, uh, to be spurned at such an age. Uh, he gives you another one of those knowing grins, and he says, uh, apparently uh, the situation is quite dire. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> and then she fans herself quickly and and, <laughs> and just lowers her voice and, and leans in a little bit further. 
Yeah, he is almost unable to hold back his his kind of mirth at this exchange. <laughs> uh, but then he 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 marshals himself and he stands back up and he says, uh, "Would there be anything else, my ladies?" She's going to pull out from her her purse a, a lovely um, tie clip, jewels and everything. She's just going to put it down there and. And just slide it down without saying anything. But then she's going to message him and say, I do believe you may have misplaced this. And between us, I should love to have a bit of gossip. Would you do a favor for, for an old lady? <laughs> uh, he His eyes widen just a little bit at the sight of the tie clip. Uh, he's obviously not used to tips uh, quite so generous. Um, and he sort of, he, he tucks it away into an inside pocket of his jacket and he uh, responds actually out loud uh, of course my lady anything uh, I can do oh, I should I should love to hear more about um, this this love story brewing between Lady Antellus and Lord Asper something to some something out of a novel wouldn't you say so the waiter explains to you, uh, sort of in a very hushed tone, that the Lady Antellus is quite precocious uh, and has been pursuing young Lord Asper rather aggressively. Uh, and that is not uh, quite a common thing for the nobility that, that typically, you know, it's the men doing the pursuing. And he has sort of spurned her advances even though they seem too many, like they would be a good fit, but he's it's almost as if he is put off slightly by her forwardness. Oh, how interesting. Well, I suppose some men can't handle a strong woman. <laughs> uh, he, he inclines his head again to that. Uh, a silent agreement. And are we certain that this Lord Asper even fancies young ladies? Until Lady Antellus began her uh, forwardness, uh, he seemed he seemed taken with her. Well, that's quite interesting indeed. Some men only like the pursuit, and then once they have what interests. Um, they're seeking, they drop it. Seen this before many times. Uh, he uh, uh, nods um, and uh, with one hand sort of inside his jacket, you can tell he's sort of uh, playing with the tie clip. <laughs> Would you perhaps do us the, the formality of um, doing a proper, a formal introduction between um, our two tables. Uh, he says, yes, of course, if it if it uh, would please you. Absolutely. I would love to meet this um, forward lady. <laughs> would you like him to bring you over? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, he, he uh, sort of guides you over to the other table and he uh, conversation sort of stops over there as you arrive and he says... Uh, May I present uh, the Countess Myathathil Mistralis and her companion, Celine Starr. And uh, kind of like bows in your direction as he steps aside that you may um, uh, walk forward. And then to the others, he sort of indicates and he says, uh, the Lady Antellus 
and and then he gives you four other names that we don't need to go yes. deep into. Don't worry about it. They've got stories. They've got whole lives that are happening, but we don't yeah, need as, to. As he introduces the other ladies, um, the Countess doesn't even hear the other names. She's just got her eyes, like her sights locked on Lady Antelis. Yes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You d- you're not even you're not even processing them. You wouldn't be able to remember them uh, moving forward. So don't even bother. We don't need to even go over it in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you describe uh, what Lady Antelis looks like? How she's dressed? Uh, She's dressed in a very elegant uh, dress. It's not uh, overly frilly. It's just nice. It's just, it's not gauche. It's not too flamboyant. It's just a very nice. She is she is underdressed in comparison with her friends. Um, they are all a little bit more decked out than she is. They're all wearing sort of flashy jewelry and that sort of thing. Um, that is not the Lady Antellus. Antellus is a little bit more dressed down, um, uh, very much more approachable than the others. Can the Countess determine based on her attire uh, whether or not Lady Antellus is um, not quite her family is not quite as wealthy as the others, or is this simply purposeful dressing down? Uh, go ahead and roll an insight check. Not a fashion check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a 20 not natural. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, Crawford should get on that adding fashion and... Mm. Um, to talk to him <laughs> about that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We need a, a fashion skill. Um, so your 20 insight is, is definitely like it, this is a very well-made dress. It's very good materials. It looks very, you know, it is it is nice. It's just not showy. Um, so it's almost as if she just doesn't want to be the one standing out. She is just fine having it, uh, you know, looking, looking uh, good. All right. So the Countess will then say... Please do excuse the interruption, but I could not help but notice, Lady Antalus, your attire is absolutely lovely, and I should really love to get the name of your tailor. Um, the other, you see the other four eyes, or I, I should say four pairs of eyes, the other young ladies around the uh, table. <laughs> yeah, they all have one eye. They're all cyclopses. Did I not mention that in the description before? That detail just slipped that, that must have slipped through. That's important. They're all cyclopses. No, they, the other four pairs of eyes all kind of widen a little bit, and they look over at her. Um, and the lady Antelis uh, uh, actually blushes a little bit and, and sort of um, uh, sits back uh, momentarily and, and then she re- replies, uh, of course I, I can have it uh, provided to you right away. How wonderful. It's not every day that um, that one sees such a, uh, such a lovely costume. It says adventure and yet leisure at the same time. Wonderful. Um, I do also notice that you don't happen to have a tiefling among you, and I, I thought perhaps you should like to um, be introduced to Celine here. Celine is going to uh, approach her closer and be like, oh, yes, I do agree, Countess. I think she's missing out. But this dress, I could see myself in it as well. And she's going to feel, like, the the sleeve of the material. Hmm. And it's 
it's quite nice. Is it is it flexible? Like like do you think you could I don't know, backflip in it if you needed to? The the four uh, the four young ladies around you um, shrink back just a little bit, uh, and they um, they they like you hear a little gasp like a, when you mention the backflip like who would be backflipping in it? Um, in a dress. Lady Antilles, yeah, in a dress. <laughs> uh, the lady Antelis uh, almost giggles a little bit, um, and she says uh, she says. Uh, oh, I, I certainly I I wouldn't uh, be able to uh, uh, backflip in it, but uh, it is quite uh, uh, it does allow me to move around quite a bit. And Selena's gonna keep kind of looking at it and be like, "Oh, very interesting." And as she's doing it, so like you know, her horns stick out a little bit. She's pretty close to her face, so like her horns are kind of like <laughs> going in and around her face as she's like right next to her shoulder, like inspecting the material. <laughs> Countess, I really I want to look into this material. I think I could I could really use this. <laughs> oh, I I imagine this is going to be all the style in the spring. <laughs> I agree, but why wait? <laughs> and then she's gonna look back at uh, Lady Antelis and uh, be like, uh, "So, do you do a lot of adventuring yourself? Do you fancy yourself some kind of excitement?" Uh, she she sits back again, uh, trying to put just a little bit more distance between herself and you. Uh, <laughs> and she says, "Oh, uh, no, I don't, I don't do any adventuring. No." Oh well, you should. Not even on the romantic field. Her blush deepens there, and one of the girls uh, that's sitting kind of on the outside who definitely has a name, um, and you just don't remember what it is no matter what you roll, uh, she, uh, <laughs> you hear her almost mutter like, I went to Baldur's Gate once. <laughs> oh, isn't that precious? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the perfect response. <laughs> Did you happen to see a space hamster while you were there? Yeah. <laughs> Celine will look at the one that uh, made the comment and go, Hmm, so you ventured further than I would have expected. Uh, how often do you ladies go out on an excursion, especially in the romance department? Uh, all of them turn, like, bright red. Redder than Celine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Celine's not shy. Yeah, yeah, they're they are approaching Celine hues of red <laughs> as they all like kind of shift in their seat and uh, like very sort of awkwardly look around at each other. Um, and the one that the one that spoke was like, "My daddy took me." Oh, isn't that precious? You know, you really should venture out on your own. There's so much more you can experience. She seems unable to answer you. Well, do tell. Um, Celine and I are... Well, we have a fair bit more experience in this department, and perhaps we should, we should be able to share our wisdom. Oh, yes, of course. I love sharing. Uh, the Lady Antellus does speak up, and she says... Uh, she explains that there is a young lord uh, that she rather fancies, mm -hmm. um, but he can't seem to find his tongue around her. And whenever she speaks with him and uh, tries to uh, engage him in conversation, uh, he 
is uh, rather unable to respond and just sort of uh, looks around <laughs> like a scared bunny rabbit until he has a reason to escape. It sounds like he fancies you. <laughs> Men are quite peculiar at times, especially when it comes to uh, romance. Uh, she responds that um, if he did, he would have said something by now. Or if he did, wouldn't he have said something by now? Oh, honey, you have not had enough experience <laughs> with men, clearly. <laughs> oh, honey. Uh, do, do tell us what, um, what is um, so... Uh, what holds your interest with this Lord Asper, um, since he's unable to, to speak for himself? Hmm? <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing Celine and the Countess do one of those like knowing looks, like the sitcom looks where they look at each other with like the head tilt a little bit. <laughs> she shrugs a little bit and she says, He's cute and he is smart and uh he has nice shoulders. Mm, the shoulders. I see where it comes from now. And then Celine's gonna, um, is, are the snacks still on the table? Yes. Yeah. The waiter, the waiter has brought the snacks by and then he left as uh, quickly <laughs> as he could without being super okay. rude. Um, she's gonna grab one of the snacks actually with her, like she's gonna wrap her tail around it and, and eat it with her tail like while she's <laughs> talking so that she can talk with her hands a little bit. Just, just putting on a little bit of a show just to show off. Um, and she's going to say, well, where did you meet this fellow? I'm sorry, Talia. When you eat the snack with your tail, one of the four girls swoons and sort of like does the hand to the back of her head <laughs> and faints. But everyone else is so sort of like focused on you and eyes wide at what's happening that none of the rest of them even notice. Nobody notices. And you can see the waiter it, like sees it happen and just sort of rolls his eyes, but so hard that like his entire head kind of like rolls back and he's like, oh God, <laughs> these people. If it didn't do damage, I could use chill touch to awaken her, but I don't think that would <laughs> Probably be. Probably not a great idea, no. And cool her off a little bit. Where did you meet this fellow originally? Uh, she tells you they met at a dance for you know, noble families. It was held at one of the manors and she loved the way that he just sort of squirmed uncomfortably in a corner. Mm, I love squirming men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Countess is going to push into the seats so that she's next to Lady Antelis and just sort of like very purpose, like with purpose, take a seat and just expect the others to move out of her way. They do. They know what's up. Yes. Um, and she's just going to um, to fan herself again and, and say, well, this Lord Asper, I, you you say he's he's smart, but if he were if he were clever, he would have um, he would have made his um, himself known to you by now. I I. I fear he may not be, um, he may be quite dense. I mean, look at you. Uh, she does. She, she sort of looks down and, and thinks about what you said and nods. Are you sure there aren't any other gentlemen? Shoulders aside. Uh, she said, she, uh, thinks 
uh, and and says, "Perhaps I, you, uh, my handmaid uh, has told me there uh, are plenty of merfolk in the sea." <laughs> and Kuatoa. <laughs> yeah, not no. that's not what you want, though. <laughs> As the countess is next to her, she wants to uh, catch a whiff of her perfume to see if she's still wearing the perfume. She is wearing a different perfume. Well, she's going to say then, oh, that's quite a lovely fragrance. I I, I had just shopped at a, at a perfumery recently, and um, she's going to pull out the bottle that she bought and the bottle that... Um, they got um, as the little sample. The sample of the the uh, stolen perfume. Yes. And she's going to bring them out and, and say, I don't suppose um, you, sh- you could um, do an old lady a favor and um, tell me which one of these um, you would prefer. Uh, when she smells the sample, uh, she sits back in shock uh, and she says, oh, I, I used to have this very same fragrance uh, until the bottle was stolen from our uh, estate. You don't say. I do say. That's a, that's a rather an odd thing to steal, wouldn't you say? Uh, she says it, it really, you know, it really was. They stole uh, a, a, a jeweled um, antique helm that my father had brought back from uh, his journeys, uh, as well as some documents from his desk, and then a, a bottle of perfume from my room. But that is the oddest theft I've ever heard of. She leans in. She's getting like into this now. She's like excited to be talking about something sort of uh, uh, outside of the norm. Uh, and she says, oh, it's, it was very strange. None of the wards on our house uh, were effective at all. And, and even beyond that, uh, very difficult locks were picked. And we had other forms of, of non-magical security, too, that, that seemed to pose uh, no hindrance at all to the thief. After she says that, uh, I'd like to have Celine cast det- detect magic on her to see if she has anything on her currently that might have been um, touched by the magic that was lingering from the other robbery. Ah, excellent. She does not. No. The Countess will look really alarmed and say, none of the wards were... Oh, my word. Um, who who installed the security at your place? I, I must know that if, if, if I'm... If I ha- I'm the same client of that um, organization, I, I should have some strong words. Well, I shall have some strong words with them any, in, in any case. This can't stand. She thinks for a second, uh, because this is something that she wouldn't know off the top of her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and she says, I think it was, uh, I believe it was Ad- Adder- Adley's, Adley's wizardly home security. Uh, the countess will just nod. Um, and and say, um, oh, that sounds like, oh, Celine, you would know um, better than I. Um, what, what's the name of that wizard? Wizard home security? Wizard? Oh, yeah. Uh, wizard at its security? Does that sound familiar? She snaps her fingers. She says, yes, that was it. At its wizardly home security. Well, I don't, I dare say they shan't be in business for much longer if they... 
I can let that happen. I hope I hope you've changed. Um, your family has changed uh, their security since. Uh, she says. Uh, I I I think Daddy has. I I I don't know for sure. Celine's going to lean in because she feels like she's left out. Everybody else is leaning in close together. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to go. Do you know when the security system was put into your home? Uh, she tries to sit back further, but she can't, so she just pushes her head, like, harder against the back of the chair. Uh, and she... I don't think I smell bad. Like, it's not... I haven't... I didn't you... bring my pouch with me, I promise. This is a nice oh, okay, place. okay, okay. You knew, you knew where you were headed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, uh, she says, um, oh, uh... Years and years ago, we've we've used them. I believe uh, uh, since they um, started business. Oh, interesting. Uh, did they do any maintenance on your system recently? Had you had any updates? She says no. She says no. I they uh, they haven't been out uh, all year. Hmm. Well, that doesn't seem very efficient. You would think that they would want to maintain their services for you. I think the countess is right. They definitely need to be looked into. She just sort of stares back at you and goes, Okay. <laughs> oh, but enough of that business. Um, we, we've been rather distracted. Uh, thank you so much for your for your uh, assistance with the perfume and um, and the oh the tailor's name. I, I shall have to get that from you. Um, here, uh, here's a business card. Um, perhaps you could be in touch with that information and um, and should your family require assistance in investigating this um, this um, robbery um, I do dabble in detective work <laughs> after all oh yeah she's quite good she says uh, she says oh oh yes I, I had heard of course uh, I, I, I will be sure to give it to my father. But most importantly, I do need the name of your tailor. And she's going to look over at the last two uh, sitting uh, women, and she's going to cast thaum- thaumaturgy and s- turn her, her head towards them so that Lady Antellus can't see. She's going to turn her eyes like Celine's eyes, basically. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Another one goes down. <laughs> and she's just going to wink over at the last one. Last one just sort of gulps. <laughs> uh, the the lady in Telus um, scribbles a name on a, a piece of paper and hands it over to you. And it is definitely the name of a, a tailor in the North Ward that exists. Uh, she'll also say before she she's going to get up and, and just turn back to, to Lady Antelis and say, if you also if you require any um, any assistance on the um, on the romantic field, please do not hesitate to contact me. I, I should love to um, assist in some matchmaking. Celine will say, me too. She seemed very excited as the Countess was speaking, and, and then as soon as Celine pipes up, <laughs> she just kind of gets like afraid about like who you would set her up with. She's like, oh no. <laughs> Fletch, are there any, um, besides like the butlers, uh, anybody that's serving alcohol or uh, 
perhaps like the um, dishwashers that have been like in the area that Celine might have known or recognized from past work? That's a great question. And I love that you're asking it about like the dishwashers and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like the bussers cleaning up the tables and stuff. Most people have jobs in multiple taverns and things. So Yeah. You notice a couple people that maybe, maybe have worked their way up from like the nicer... Mm. clubs and stuff that you were singing at and now they're they've you know gotten jobs here okay uh bef- I, I think we would um say goodbye and and thank them once more uh but before we leave i i just want celine to go up to probably the person that she's most familiar with and um mm-hmm. let them know to keep an eye on the table and report back if there's any additional chattering, because I suspect that once we leave, they're going to have a lot more to gossip about, you know, once they come to and everything. <laughs> oh, excellent. That's very smart. I love that. Go ahead and give yourself <laughs> inspiration for it. <laughs> and uh, yes, he he promises that he will do that. Thank you. Um, and then for him, I will uh, reach into my not flesh pouch and give him uh, a gold. I'm gonna give him like a real good tip. He he takes it and like sort of winks at you, and and the gold coin disappears, and he goes about his work cleaning up the tables. But you do see that he's sort of lurking a little bit closer to their table, a little bit more. Um, he's trying to stay near them. Uh, since since uh. The countess has uh, has seen what's what's happened here. I think that she's going to just, on her way, uh, pat him on the shoulder and uh, and cast uh, blessing as a trickster on him to give him <laughs> advantage on stuff. <laughs> Perfect. I wonder if he would even like. He just he sort of like shivers a little bit. He's like, oh. <laughs> I feel somehow more sneaky. <laughs> Before we leave, I I think the only thing that uh, the Countess wants to know is if she recalls anything about this Lord Asper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you recall the Asper name, um, and it is a, a relatively well-known house, and they're known for being good folk, and like they're, they don't play like the, the dirty political games. They just sort of... You know, do their work, and they they uh, are a merchant family that has come into you know really maybe two or three generations back came into uh, a significant amount of wealth, uh, and just sort of they have their little businesses and they run those, but they don't jockey for power. They don't want to you know control anything or anything like that. And nothing specifically about the sun. No, no, nothing specific about the sun. He. Uh, you don't recall ever seeing him at any sort of function. Okay. All right. Celine is um, just going to motion to the countess um, and say, Countess, I think we should probably go over to the security office that the other detectives were headed towards. I'm thinking that there might be something there, especially since uh, each person we've talked to, Panana and... Um, and tell us they've all had similar things with the security system and if they haven't been updating them I have to wonder if there's something that is fishy with that entire operation oh absolutely I should like to have some strong words with them 
Okay, awesome. So you guys head off in that direction, uh, and we will pick up the next episode with Max, Ledger, and Doran checking out the, the home security office. What is going to happen next at the Wizard at its home security? or at its wizardly home security, or whatever it's called. Hello there, I'm Jason, your producer, aka Max the Goblin Detective, and I was not in this episode, which, to be honest, made it a treat to produce because I didn't have to listen to my own voice, but I know it's going to be a huge disappointment to our youngest Adventure They Wrote fan, young Grayson, son of the Countess and Chris, who plays Gilly. Hi, Grayson. Sorry I wasn't in this episode. Hey, I want to say a huge thanks to you for listening to this episode of Adventure They Wrote. We have a lot of fun putting it together. We have a lot of fun recording it. I really enjoy playing in this game, and I hope that you enjoy listening to it. As usual, I'm going to say a huge thank you to Tabletop Audio. All of the music and all of the sound effects that you heard in this episode came from Tabletop Audio. Except for the inspiration sound that I got from my own collection. If you don't know about Tabletop Audio, I talk about them at the end of every show. They're super great. Tim is awesome. All of their 10-minute soundscapes and all of their sound pad stuff with sound effects and creepy noises and awesome noises, all free. You can check it out, tabletopaudio.com. If you would like to chip in, he has a Patreon that you can subscribe to. We're subscribers. We take advantage of the alternate tracks that you can get as a Patreon subscriber. They're fun. Another thing that I would like to point your attention to is uh, my personal Twitter account, at PunkJr., I recently hit 10,000 tweets, and for my 10,000th tweet, I posted a giveaway. We are trying to get the Adventure They Wrote Twitter account up to 500 and then 1,000 followers. So if you would like, go follow Adventure They Wrote on Twitter. I'm sure that if you're listening to this episode, you already follow us on Twitter. So get your friends to do it. Retweet my tweet. There's links and everything on Twitter. You'll find it. It's cool. And once we hit 500 followers at Adventure They Wrote, I'm going to pull a winner and I'm going to give them a candle from Cantrip Candles and some dice from Tabletop Loot. Both companies that we really love. They're super awesome. They do a lot for the community. They're really great people and we like supporting them. So we hope that you support them too and support us on Twitter uh, at Adventure They Wrote. That's going to do it for now. Um, yes, this has been a super fun episode. I'm really excited for our next episode. No spoilers, but there is a unicorn. Anyway, um, I'm going to go. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for more mystery.